0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Three NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select. Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama.
1: Goff off, looks, off throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone, and getting in for the touchdown. Detroit Lions, Aman Ross
0: St. Brown. Snap, he's got it, wants to throw. Wentz looks, looks, pressure guns, went, hit, sack. back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. <laughs>
2: Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode three fourteen on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always, here. No Malcolm with us, but here how you doing, my man?
3: I'm doing great, man. I can't wait to break down the Bucks. We got a-,
2: a special guest. Yes, sir. Oh, we got a go special guest him? from the Tampa Bay Bucks reporter from Bucks Game Day, and also pro football writers. Josh Allen, how you doing, my man?
1: What's going on, guys? Yeah, uh, I'm doing great. Um, happy to be here chopping up with you guys again. It's been a couple of years. I think the last time we talked was 2020. I don't know if no, you guys want to revisit that. that game too much. <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. But, uh, yeah, coming back into into this week, cream school week for the Bucks. So a lot of buzz on that, too. But mostly, you know, a team that's three and one. Uh, Coming off the bye week, get that extra time to kind of rest, prepare, and get ready for. uh, Which I feel is an equal matched opponent um, in most senses. I think I'd probably give the Lions uh, a slight edge in certain areas, especially uh, as a whole as a team. But a a matchup that I think is a good test for both of these two teams to see where they're at this season.
2: Josh, I like that you brought up The creamsicles are coming out this Sunday, and that's obviously a big uniform, not just for Tampa Bay fans. Like, that's a big uniform in the NFL fan base. And, like, personally, I'm personally excited to see them this Sunday versus the Lions. And I'm I'm glad we're the team that, like, we get to debut them. And how was the last time they've they've been on the field?
1: I think it's, like, 2009, maybe, something like that. It's been a while since they had them out. I'm not sure. I'm not a bucks aficionado like that going back to the annals of history but it's been a while i'm sure someone wrote about it somewhere i just haven't read it
2: let's get into this injury reports and then we'll get into some questions here so peter what's the Lions injury report looking for this wednesday
3: yeah so brian branch with an ankle didn't practice jameer gibbs with a hamstring didn't practice jonah jackson with an ankle didn't practice campbell called them day to day uh, Bam Knight, he's probably going to be out for a while. remember he had that shoulder injury. He didn't practice. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a candidate for IR. James Mitchell with a hamstring didn't practice. And obviously, Manuel Mosley with a knee. He's had a two IR. They just haven't made the move yet. Um, Taylor Deco ankle was limited. Amin Ra Admin was limited. And then Khalil Dorsey, it says illness here, full practice. And Frank Ragnow, toll, full practice. And Khalil Dorsey was um, activated, or I'm sorry, designated to return from IR. He'll probably be activated on Saturday when they place Mosley on IR. But yeah, I mean, no surprises. You yeah, know. Good news to see Amin Ron back. It looks like from Dan Campbell that he's
2: probably to go this Sunday, which is a good thing. And then we'll see what goes on with Brian Branch and Jameer Gibbs. Those are the ones to keep up with as the week goes on. But nice news with the Ross St. Brown. Josh, what's the Bucs injury report looking for this Wednesday?
1: Yeah, so the bye week came at you know, early, early in the season, which is for players like they got a grueling stretch of thirteen games coming up, and what what's the the kicker for them too it makes it even worse is their Thursday night game is in two weeks after this game, uh, so their mini buy after their Thursday night game is literally in three weeks. So it's like they've got you know then from there they'll have a stretch of ten games straight to go, um, you know without that extra week of rest or even like mini buy week from a Thursday night game. So it's difficult in that sense, but It did what they accomplished. They got a lot of guys back who were banged up. Jamel Dean missed the last game, uh, game and a half, with a neck and shoulder injury. Back to full participation. Servassier Dennis, who's missed uh, every game except for since week one with a hamstring. Back to full participation. Uh, Kalija Kansi, their first-round draft pick, who had a calf strain. He suffered early on into camp and then missed camp, came back for the first half of that that week one game against the Vikings before going out and missing the rest of the season. Full participation with a calf. Ryan Neal, full participation with a concussion that he that knocked him out early of that Saints game. Anthony Nelson, who was dealing with a concussion, a full participant in practice as well. Derek Pitts, who's dealing with a hamstring after that second, uh, no, it was a loss to the Eagles. He's back full participating. Same thing with Devin White, who's been dealing with that foot injury. It was a groin, move to his foot, full participation. Vita Vey is off the injury report, so he's 100%. They did have two big names on there. Um, The the one who was limited in participation, Luke Gedecky, is dealing with a calf injury. He talked about that prior to the bye week uh, to reporters that he was dealing with that. It's something to monitor, but I think he'll be probably good to go. Um, The big one is Mike Evans, who did not participate in practice dealing with that hamstring he suffered in that first quarter of the Saints win uh, right before the bye week. Knocked them out of the second half. That's going to be one to follow. They had a bonus practice on Monday. No injury report needed out there. He was working with a trainer off to the side. But as far as names to watch, Mike Evans is probably the biggest name to watch. Otherwise, this team is pretty healthy going into this matchup against the Lions.
2: Yeah. So speaking about this offense, you guys got a new O.C. this year. And we were talking before we started the show. Dave Canales, you just had on your show, he's your new O.C. What have you seen from this new look on your offense?
1: Yeah, I, I think unpredictability is one thing. Um, canals has been such a breath of fresh air in this facility. They had Byron Leftwich last year, which, um, you know, documented wasn't the best uh, offensive coordinator uh, as far as play calling, ingenuity, uh, modernization. That offense they ran last year was archaic. And if it wasn't for Tom Brady, they would have looked a lot worse than what they did Uh, Last season, just failure to make adjustments, failure to kind of catch up to the league. Um, And also for no, you know, not his fault entirely. Just Byron was only ever in B.A. system. Didn't really have anything else to fall back on if things weren't working, which they weren't um, to kind of say, okay, well, this worked here. Let's try this out. Uh, he, He didn't have that background, whereas Dave Canales, exact opposite. He's got a modern, fresh offense, part of that McVay. Uh, Shanahan kind of family tree type that coaching tree that branches out there. Um, He runs a lot of things out of uh, one play that looks similar. So pretty much lining up in a certain formation, he can use, they've got multiple plays to branch off that formation. So it always keeps defenses honest, not knowing if they're going to run out of it, pass out of it, trick play out of it. Um, I think that's been really adjustments have been huge. Uh, Making those adjustments at halftime, in game, before halftime, uh, finding out what works, what doesn't work, and getting the offense going. His personality—he's um, a very positive guy. That's had a huge outlook on this roster. These guys are ready to do anything for him. You know, he's humble. He's—he's—he'll stand up and say, "This was my bad, guys." You know, on this certain thing. To the media, he'll say that. To his players, he'll say that. Um, you know, he's a very open book, and I think that's a lot of brings a lot of relatability to players as well. He's got multiple years of of knowledge working under Pete Carroll and uh, Brian Schottenheimer, Daryl Bevel, um, Shane Waldron. So he's got multiple different offenses and styles to go back onto when, you know, things aren't working with his personnel. And he's really kind of brought the best out of this Bucks team, I think, with this offense that's very player and personnel friendly from the offensive line to the skill position players right down to the quarterback. And we've seen that. Uh, with Baker's efficiency and with the, how the O-line has performed specifically in the passing game, uh, even with some names where a lot of people would begin the season besides Trisha Warfs would be like, and even he's making a transition to left tackle, would be like, mm, that's a questionable offensive line. They've been playing well enough and it, it's an attribute to the system and should attribute to the guys working their ass off.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I say the question is because I like that you mentioned that he comes from Seattle and it's no question that or no secret, I should say, that Aaron Glenn has had a tough time stopping the Seattle offense. We've had two matchups in the past two years, and you can honestly say the last three years, even with Russell Wilson, chosen one, since we've played Seattle every single year the last three years, Aaron Glenn, our defensive coordinator, that's been one of his biggest kryptonite, is stopping the Seattle offense. And I look at your offense almost kind of similar to Seattle a little bit. Like I think you guys got two very dominant receivers, kind of like Seattle with Lock and Metcalf, and you can make the argument that yours is even better with Godwin and Evans. Look at your quarterbacks pretty similarly and I look at your run game pretty similarly. Maybe say it was a little bit of the edge. But like I, I could see the formula being very similar. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what the game plan this Sunday is for Aaron Glenn to kind of contain your guys' offense.
1: Yeah, you, you look at it, Aaron Glenn, you know, in this season specifically, whenever a team has two top tier wide receivers, top flight wide receivers. Mm-hmm usually gives the Lions trouble, you know. There's been instances one way or the other, but even this season so far, their one loss has come against Seattle, which poses a threat with those two outside guys that a lot of the offense funnels through. Um, I think Seattle probably has better running back right now. Um, That offensive line has been implemented. The the scheme is the scheme, and I talked to Canales on my podcast last week, uh, and he pretty much said, you know, for our offense. System our run game system for Seattle to really kind of get humming, but we want it. it. took like three or four years, and then you're just constantly putting new people in. He's like, and even last year when, or you know, the first year when Shane Waldron came in with that McVay style offense, we really didn't get our run game humming until like mid season. So this Bucks run running game hasn't been great. Uh, They've been beating teams through the air a lot. Um, you know, it'll be a good test for them. I like Ali McNeil. I like some of these guys up front. Um, big Jack Campbell fam, especially when he's in run support. Uh, I think you can do some, you know, he, he's, he's getting coverage too, but I think obviously you lean towards, you know, what's diagnosing plays and with his smarts and stuff, got, getting guys at the, at the line of scrimmage. Um, but I think it's going to be a good test for this bucks run, run, running game. Uh, you look at the pass rushers, obviously Hutch has been on a tear so far this season, um, but I think the Bucks' offense will be able to get a little bit of push going, and that's going to make it difficult for Glenn because once you can run the ball, the Bucks run play action uh, and one of the top tiers in the league right now, um, and you guys got some young r- linebackers in there, obviously. Uh, Anzalone's not playing, right?
3: No, he's playing.
1: Oh, he's playing, so you got Anzalone, you got Campbell, and then you have uh,
3: Derek Barnes.
1: Derek Barnes. Okay. I thought yep. Rodrigo was the guy there now.
3: Rodrigo. He, he, he doesn't play as much on defense anymore. He's more of a special teams guy. I mean, their linebacker room is loaded.
1: Right. So, I mean, you've got those guys. You pause them for a second. That allows, uh, you know, to, to utilize those strengths of the wide receiver. So, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Again, you know, it, it's one of these new systems that they find a way to beat you with different looks from the same packages. And you're, that's why you're seeing it all over the league. So I saw success that, you know, Shanahan had when he was with, you know, the Broncos and then his son with the Falcons and with the 49ers and Sha- Sean McVay. And, you know, even you look around the league, the Bengals um, was Zach Taylor and um, oh, what's his name up in Minnesota. You know, they had, O'Connell. a good, yeah. I mean, you look at th- that system, that tree, it works, and it's difficult for teams to stop them um, because of what they can do out of that offense. And, you know, Aaron Glenn's going to have to find that secret. It's funny because both had the same thing McVeigh was his kryptonite, right? Like going up against that Rams offense was his kryptonite. He couldn't find ways to slow it down or stop it. And then he brings a guy who's implementing that offense. So, you know, hopefully that helps him in that sense, you know, when they do go up against a similar stylistic offense. So it'll be interesting. I
3: will say this, though, about Aaron Glenn is he while he has struggled against Seattle, Minnesota hasn't necessarily given Detroit like as many problems as Seattle has. And they've also seen this offense a lot. Like they, they played Seattle this year. They played Minnesota a few times. Right. So I think, I, I think the Bucks actually will have some wrinkles coming out that by, they might add a few wrinkles here or there, change things up, which is normal. Um, but going to the run game, the lions actually have been one of the best at stopping the run. And that was actually one of the biggest weakness last year was stopping the run. And Tyler could agree with that. Um, I believe last year Carolina alone had like 300 rushing yards on us. Was it 300, 300. or something like that? <laughs> it was probably like 300. with the 300 first half. Um, Seattle, like the first game last year, had about I think like 200 rushing yards. Kenneth Walker went for 100, and Rashad Penny, who's not with them anymore, also went for 100. This year they haven't given up. I don't. They shut down Atlanta's running game, which was one of the best in the league. Atlanta didn't do nothing. Um, so I feel like the the plan this week is going to be make bigger one-dimensional, you know, get him in these third and long situations, third and medium situations, force him to throw the ball. Let's see if we could get him to make some mistakes. I think that's going to be the game plan defensively. I think it could work. Um, they've made yeah. teams one-dimensional over the last few weeks, right? And obviously the Bucks have these weapons that are different, but you stop the run. The,
1: that's yeah. the thing. The Bucks' run game hasn't been great. I mean, they're 31st in blocking in the league, blocking percentage in the league. Uh, they're only averaging, I think, like 2.7 yards per carry as a team. It hasn't been good. So teams have been like, let's get Baker in third and long. Let's get Baker in fourth down situations and, and you know, have him make a mistake. Classic Baker, right? Don't make a mistake. Baker has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league on third and fourth down this season zero interceptions. I think he's got like seven touchdowns or six touchdowns. He's been absolutely on fire when it comes to third and fourth down this season uh, and that's not when his mistakes have come. So, you know, I get the whole thought of one dimensional, but so far this Bucks team has been by de facto one dimensional because their running game hasn't got going. The thing is though, that's not going to stop Dave Canales from continuing to go for it you look at their balance through the first four games of the season extremely balanced team with how many times they run the ball, how many times they pass the ball doesn't matter obviously their run game isn't working right now but they're going to be balanced they're not a team that you're going to get them away from the run even if they're down they're still going to go check that check down to that run to keep defenses off honest and set everything else up out of that as well and so far they've had pretty good success outside of that Uh, Eagles game that kind of got away from them. if you remember, if you watched it, the beginning of the Eagles game, they shut them down twice in the red zone, Um, one on a fourth down stop. So, uh, you know, then they kind of just, it just kind of unraveled a little bit from there. Guys were banged up. They started losing guys. But anyways, I think, you know, even if you do try to make this team one dimensional, they've shown that they're still going to be balanced and they can still harm you in certain ways, especially on third and fourth down.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: How much would you say you implement the bootleg and the quick passes in this offense?
1: They're implemented um, quite a bit. You know, the the is his philosophy is efficiency, right? There's been plays, and we talked about this on the podcast too. There's been plays he's had guys wide open, deep, running by himself, just trawling along. Um, but the most efficient play on that situation was there's a guy open right there, six yards on the field. Yeah, he's open. He's your first read. You take it. You know, Um, that's the thing about this team is efficiency. So if quick reads are, if if the reads are open and they happen to be quick passes and that's his number one read on that route. um, He's going to take that. He's going to check that down. He's been, he's been real. His escapability this season has been at an alarming clip. He's top five in the league. As far as evading sacks, he's been able to use his legs to get out of the pocket, extend plays, but also run for first downs. I mean, he's, I think he's got three or four third down conversions with his legs running for seven yards, 11 yards. He's been able to, you push him out of the pocket and he's not the fastest guy and he's not necessarily known as a running quarterback, but he's, you know, put his shoulder, he won angry runs week one, you know, Uh, he's a guy that is not afraid to, to put his shoulder down, take the hit to get those extra yardage. And you talk to the guys on defense, you talk to the guys on offense, you know, they love seeing that and it gets everyone, everyone's juices going and makes them want to play harder for their guys. So he's been, uh, he's he's been hitting those quick passes, a lot of stuff to the outside, um, especially with his height. Uh, You know, you got a giant offensive line in front of you. It's easy to see those outside passes. So he hasn't done too much over the middle stuff. Um, But, He's uh, he's been efficient, and I think that's like if you want to call this offense something, you'd call it efficient. They'll take their shots when they're there, but for the most part, they're going for the efficient passes to move the chain, burn the clock, keep the defense on the sideline, and and keep extending those drives, and they've done it multiple times this season.
2: Uh, transitioning now, we talked about a lot about Dave Canales, and you know he's he's made a good adjustments this year. What's the Bucks fans feel right now on Todd Bowles so far? I mean, now this I believe What is this year
1: four, or year three, year, year two for him as head coach. Year five, I believe. Since, four, since he's joined years, with the yeah. Arians, right? Yeah, five, five. Second year as head Bruce coach. Arians, yeah. last
2: year made the playoffs. Not a great performance versus Dallas. Started 3 1 this year. What's the Bucs fans' heel on Todd Bowles right now?
1: Yeah, I think if you're a, a rational, educational Bucs fan, you know, uh, edu- educated rather, uh, Bucks fan, um, again, fan for Fnatic, so not many of them out there, but you realize that he got handed this team in like April 30th last year. No time to do anything, no time to make adjustments in the staff. You've already, you're almost in the draft. you know, ready for the draft. Free agency is over. You know, There's no way for him to put his mark on this team. It's just, all right, let's roll what we got <laughs> and let's see what we got. You know, he had a couple of bad scenarios last year where he was, um, where he was mismanaging clock and stuff like that, trying field goals with a kicker who just was not in his distance or his wheelhouse. Um, And I think a big part of it, a big thing too, that fans were upset about is, you know, he's a defensive guy and most defensive guys are going to hire or have an offensive coordinator that they're not going to touch like the offense is yours. The defense is mine, you know, start with remember the Titans, you know, like all the way since back then, like you've got the head coach takes one side of the ball and he leaves this guy to do the rest of the stuff. You, you know, I might have suggestions here and there, but that was a problem. We already talked about Byron and his lack of, you know, whatever uh, ability to do something. And that was a huge issue too. And a lot of fans wanted him to fire him earlier in the season, but, and realistically there was no, there was no one there for him to promote. And if he's only going to get one shot in offensive coordinator before he's potentially in the hot seat, you got to bring your own guy in the off season. That's what he did. Um, and, you know, he self-scouted himself and saw, okay, this is where I maybe mismanaged some clock. This is maybe where maybe I shouldn't have gone for this field goal. Maybe you know, all those things. And so far fans have been really happy with them. Now he's still navigating this year with a huge deficit for over 40% of this roster, this salary cap. Is going to players who are not on this roster, um, over over forty percent. Uh, it's crazy numbers, um, and uh, he still didn't get a chance to put his full stamp on this team. You know, you got to draft the guys and find some bargain bin. But there was an ability to go out there in free agency and say, okay, this guy fits exactly what I want to do. I want to bring him in. Now he did that with a few guys. Ryan Neal, he got in a really cheap contract. Really excited to get him in. Greg Gaines as well. They got in a cheap, you know, veteran minimum contract. Type situation. But, you know, with his improvement from last year to this year and looking at the hands he's been dealt the past two years, I think fans have come around on Bulls. Um, they've certainly are, are all in on Canales. So,
3: Josh, I got a question. So, offensively, we talked about, you know, the running game not really a strength, but we talked about those receivers, Godwin and Evans. What would you say the weakness on the O line is? I know the tackles, Luke Gotti. I hope I said his name Luke right. Look at it. Yeah. Thank you. I've seen Tristan Wirfs. We all know about him. He's an all pro. He's a stud. And then you got, you got the interior. I mean, I'm looking at it. You got Cody Mock, who Tyler loved when he was coming out of North Dakota State, right? small school guys. You got, is it Robert, Robert Hainsy, And then you got uh, Matt Filer, right? I mean, you got all these kind of, I don't want to say unknown guys, but small school guys, kind of, kind of tough workers, but when I was looking at it, I thought that was maybe a spot the Lions could maybe attack is that interior, because those tackles have been pretty good. Um
1: Yeah, yeah, the tackles have been great. Uh L- <laughs> Trisha Wirfs is just a freak. Um I knew he'd be good at left tackle. I knew he'd be fine. I wasn't worried. I wasn't like, oh man, I you know he was more worried and in training camp, super, you know. Um, transparent and said, you know, he went to go see the team therapist because he was having terrible thoughts about the transition. I don't know if I can do it. I punched my right the whole time. Now i got to go to my left. What if I'm bad? What if I let the team down? Dude's only been the best left tackle in football, <laughs> like best left tackle, less pressures, and uh, 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 um, less, the least amount of pressures uh, given up all season, zero sacks. He grades out by PFF and the eye test is probably the best left tackle in all of football right now. Um, Trent Williams right behind him. Uh, Penny Sewell's in that conversation. Tunzel when he's when he's healthy, but he's just been lights out. Uh, Luke Getteke has been a huge surprise. Uh, huge. He's graded out as one of the top uh, top twenty five tackles in the league, um, and they had serious question marks after a failed experiment at right guard last year. Um, but he's been a huge. Huge uh, piece on that side. Ch- chomp down, just chomp down on Cam Jordan last week, two weeks ago. They let him do anything. The final play of the game where he, or the final touchdown of the game, where it's uh, Devin Tompkins, if you go look it up, just look at Cam trying to fight through Luke Getty. He just can't get off the block. All clean, no penalties there. It was it was a thing of beauty. But uh, the interior is what you asked about. The interior is what I'm going to tell you about. It's not great right now. Um, they pass blocking is much better than run, run blocking. Um, as far as Matt Filer, he's a big guy, so he's difficult to to move around, but quicker, uh, quicker pass rushers can kind of utilize their, their speed to get around him and and move him, um, get past him. Um, but you know, he's a veteran, he's been in the league for a while. So he's, he's got good, he's got good recovery with his smarts, less, less so than his athleticism, but with his smarts, he can recover well. Uh, Hainsey was a adequate above average center last year. He's kind of struggled both in the run game and the pass pass game last week was, or against the Saints was probably his best game as, as a, as an offensive lineman. So you hope the trajectory will could keep going up. Uh, but he's certainly been a guy who's had his ups and downs throughout the past four games and a guy who, you know, you knew he wasn't Ryan Jensen, but from what you got last year, he was one of the few non-question marks, you thought you knew what you had. A slightly above-average center play, and so far he's been nothing but that. Uh, Cody Mock's interesting because he is a better run blocker, and Tyler, I'm sure if you watched his his stuff or even like you read about him, scouted him, he was, he was a better run blocker in college than a pass blocker. Granted, he was a left tackle and not a guard, uh, but so far it's been quite the opposite. He's been much better in pass protection than run blocking. Uh, the thing about him, though, is his athleticism and speed. He's got r- amazing recovery time. Because As a rookie, obviously, he's still learning and everything like that, and it's a new system. It's a transition from the left side to the right side, but from the left side on the outside to the inside. So it's like he's going through a lot of transition period right now, but his recovery is so quick and so fast that if he does let a guy up, usually he's there. And that's why Baker's only been sacked twice you know, all year. And one of those was kind of a sack on Baker. But they played all right. They've got to get way better in the in the – in the run blocking for this team to have any success, real success going forward. Uh, but the pass blocking has been there and Baker's shown out with his, just the ability to escape pressure and extend plays with his legs or with his arms.
3: And those two sacks came both against the Eagles, right?
1: Um, no, one sack was against Minnesota. No, it's three sacks. I'm sorry. Yeah. There was two sacks on the Eagles. Um, oh, okay. Three sacks. Uh, the first sack was Dan- Daniel Hunter uh, in Minnesota, but he was kind of mm. just held the pocket too long and Hunter just tremendous effort, you know, getting off, try- getting through two guys, pretty much. Yeah.
2: This is more to your defense. What would okay. you consider your biggest strengths and your biggest weakness on the defense?
1: The biggest strengths on the defense right now. Um, mm. I like to say run defense. Um, but that game against Eagles speaks differently. I would still say, I'd still say run defense or familiarity too. these guys know the system in and out. So they're, they're playing without thinking. Uh, it's allowed them to just be fast out there, uh, rally to the ball carrier. Uh, I think familiarity with the system is definitely one of the biggest strengths of this, of this defense. There's only a few new pieces out there that haven't been in it. Um, And, you know, some of the guys who are new, where you're talking about your your safety and your nickel cornerback and Christian Izzy and, and and Ryan Neal are super, just super smart guys. And they picked it up right away. Um, That's huge. Their run game has been pretty, pretty strong. Um, They're still, they're still really good at limiting the explosive play as well. Um, That's, that's something that has been good. Their pass rush needs some work. I mean, they're getting pressures. They're just not finishing and getting home. Um, you know, so that needs to continue. Sometimes the tackling needs to just needs to be a little bit better. Um, I would say one thing coaching wise is just, you've got two of the best man coverage cornerbacks in the league and Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. If they put them in zone so much, like I think that's a big situation, but again, they're trying to limit that explosive play so far. So good. Limit the explosive play. You limit the easier it is to get points on the board, the quicker it is to get points on the board. So, Uh, there's definitely some things I need to work on individually, especially there's, there's guys, I think Antoine Winfield junior has been playing out of his mind right now. It's probably the best safety in the league right now. Vita Vey on the defensive line, just not getting enough love. I I think they could use a step up from guys like Logan Hall on defensive line. Um, I think splash plays have been missing for Levante David for quite few, quite a few years and he kind of, he needs to get back up. Jamel Dean hasn't played great after getting that big contract. Um, that that he got this off season, Joe Tryon, Sh- Tryon Joe Tryon Shoyinka, who I just had on my podcast last night, we talked about this just finishing. You know, he, he's getting there, just finishing, getting the guy down. So like individually, there's a lot of things that this team on defense can work on to make it even better than it is. But they've been, I would say, probably one of the top defenses in the league so far this season, as far especially as far as generating takeaways.
3: So you talked about the Eagles, right? The Eagles offense and their strength with the O-line and running the ball. And that's kind of the, I mean, the Lions, I think they have a top passing offense and rush offense, but everything starts with the run game though. Um, And Ben Johnson is really creative in that. You, you mentioned that they had trouble stopping Philly. Was it more like they were just moving them off the ball? The guys weren't getting off the blocks, or was it?
1: It was a little bit of both, but injuries, too, played a big part of that. Bidavea was dealing with a pectoral injury. Um, mm. Devin White was dealing with a groin and, and a foot injury. Uh, Devin White had a clear pick six, which would have brought that game a lot closer. Uh, he just couldn't run, so he ran out of bounds, or else he would have had a pick six off Jalen Hurts. Um and then Vita Veya, I mean, it's hard when you're when you're relying on this guy to take up double teams. And, you know, right. I've seen uh, videos of him so far just putting his arms out and taking two guys in the backfield with just his arms. He's just that massive and strong of a human being. He's an alien. Um, yeah, that hurts, you know, because – And I think that was a big part of the run game. I think obviously give credit to where it's due. Uh, You know, they are open up good holes. That is a really good offensive line. And Swift is an underrated back, especially with a line like that. You guys are very familiar with Swift and what he can do when he's actually fully healthy, invested and bought in. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so no, I'm not taking anything away from that. I think Bulls probably could have coached up a little bit better, too better execution. Tackling was really bad that game. I think they had something like 17 missed tackles. Um, they were letting, uh, they had, yeah, it was like 92 yards after contact, uh, which is crazy. Uh, 17 missed tackles on the game. They gave up, I think it was like seven seventy-two 72 yards after the catch. Um, so they just, you know, tackling was just piss poor. And you're not going to win games like that, especially when you can't get things going and and some of your marquee players are injured. I think Carlton Davis, that was the game where he got injured or he was out that game. Carlton Davis out. Um, So, I mean, you're down to your third string, second year, fifth round pick cornerback who played pretty well. um, But that was like the, yeah, still. Um, So it's, I think the run game will be much better. Elijah can coming back this week, likely. So they'll have that force, two in the middle. He's not known as a run defender, but he, he brings right. a quick guy who can explode into the backfield, ties guys up, and make tackles for losses himself. I think he had, like, 16 tackle for losses last year. He's living in the backfield. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, you look at between these two teams, the Lions have a really good offensive line, you know. Um, but they're going through some injuries right now, too. So we'll have to see with Jackson and Decker both not being 100%. How does that play out? You guys have good depth over there. Um
3: but yeah, Decker's gonna play. He's been playing through it. Um you could tell though he's not he's not at a hundred percent. Maybe this week. I mean he got better. Like versus Green Bay, I don't know if you watched that game, the night game, he was clearly like limping. All right. Last week, towards the end of the game, you could tell, he got kind you could of tell a little, yeah, he was fatigued, tired, a little bit when yeah. the injury you know, got to him in the, the fourth quarter and Burns yeah. was starting to get to him a little. But and the um, Bucks
1: have a bevy of pass rushers, too, that can beat you in different ways. I mean, they got Joe trying They'll throw, you know, they'll they've been putting guys on the outs to the feet of a lineup outside, um, you know, and, and the setting looks like that. Uh, they got Yaya Diaby, who's a big, strong, athletic freak uh, fast as well. Shaq Barrett, Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill. They've got no shortage of guys so they can continue to just batter him down, which will be interesting to watch. He might be playing through some stuff. But, you know, if they're coming at you with consistent pressure, it's going to take Something, a toll
3: on you. And then if, I'm sorry, if Jonah misses, because he was limited, or did he practice? He didn't practice. Jonah Jackson didn't practice, but Graham Glasgow has played fantastic. When Big V was out, now Big V's back in the lineup. I think Graham moves to the left side, which he could do, and then Big V goes back on the right side. And I think it won't miss a beat. Obviously, you're gonna miss Jonas Pooling and athleticism in the run game. You're gonna miss some of that, but I don't think it's you won't really miss much because Ram Glasgow has been one of the best guards. In the that's league if he misses the game.
2: We don't even know if that's gonna be the case. That's yeah. if he
3: misses. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, but something that's interesting yeah. is
2: that I'm just looking at rankings right now, and there's obviously you guys are one game short because you guys had the bye week already, but. Red zone efficiency on defense has been phenomenal. Only giving up a 27.3 clip right now. And then takeaways. I have 10 takeaways already. And you guys are ranked fifth. And You guys are a game short, which is very, very impressive. Um, something the Lions do is very well. They don't have many takeaways. They don't throw many interceptions. You know, they're a very clean team. And we're a pretty good red zone team as well. We're ranked seventh in the red zone. We Our success rate is 63.2 scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So... That's gonna be an interesting matchup this Sunday is like touchdowns or field goals, because I can see this game be very close. And I think the difference between touchdowns and field goals this game is gonna be very big. So cashing in the red zone, see which, which side gives in, the Lions offense or the Lions or the Bucks defense is gonna be something to watch this Sunday for sure.
1: Yeah, I I think we can see um a close game here. Like I said, I think these two teams are a little closely a little closer matched then certainly they were with the Eagles. I still think right now Detroit is a better team. Um, But again, neither one of these teams are really battle tested. Uh, They have kind of cheap wins uh, against teams. And I know you look to the week one, right? And say they beat the Chiefs. But week one on a Thursday night game, the Lions are not at their best. The Chiefs are not at their best. That is a very rusty game and we saw it by the score and we've seen it by what the lines have been able to do on offense going forward. I mean, they've been putting up points. Um, it, 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 that's a, it's one of those. Yes. It counts as a win. It counts as a very good win against a very good opponent, not taking too much away for that. It's also the first game of the season. Um, where both of these teams aren't at their best. So, uh, I think if they played that game down the line, we might be getting a different outcome, but anyways, I digress. I, I think well, that, I happy I with on that one, Josh, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't agree with that,
3: Josh. <laughs>
1: they don't have to be. They don't have to be, but um, we'll see. You know, maybe they will play down line. Mm, so Vegas. We'll, uh, but anyways, Vegas, uh, I think um, I think it's gonna it's a it's a really good matchup is, is what I'm trying to get at with two teams that i think have moved the ball well have defenses had held up teams well but i still think the offenses are going to be able to get theirs i got this game close in like the mid-20s three-point game um so push if you're betting it
3: (laughs) uh josh one question so when you look at like at the lions team as a whole what are your biggest concerns for for the bucks uh when, when they play them
1: it's the running game um, I think the way how, how creative they're using it, um, and the pass play action as well. You look at the Bucks have a really good defense, and I think they match up really well with most of the skilled players. I think uh, you know you look at Carlton Davis and Amon Ra- Brown. Uh Amon Ross St. Brown. Sun, I should have just call him Sun God. That's what I always call him. Sun God. Uh, and then Dean against Jameson Williams. I think Levante David's been one of the best tight end races in the league. Uh, you match him up with Sam Laporta or a rookie, and I think that can cause some issues. Goff has played very well. Um, I always thought that he had the ability to turn it around. Um, and I think that you know, the running game with the mix of of Montgomery who's been playing lights out. If you get Swift back, but even Reynolds has played I'm um, not Reynolds. Um
3: I mean Gibbs. No, not Gibbs.
1: The the third string guy. Raymond? Raymond, is that Khalif, right? Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond, yeah. Raymond's had some big moments. Um no, you guys have another guy, Craig, Craig Reynolds. Something Craig? Craig Reynolds, Craig Reynolds, yeah, I, Josh Reynolds, Craig Reynolds. Forgot there are two Reynolds on there. Craig Reynolds has looked good in some, and some of. So you guys have a, a deep running back room, even without Gibbs. But if Gib, Gibbs plays, it's add another add, adds another layer to it. Um, I, I wouldn't say the running game concerns me so much, but I think that with how creative Ben Johnson can be utilizing it and setting up other things, I think that would concern me for the Bucks team. Um, you know, just playing on your, on your P's and Q's and making sure you're playing fundamentally sound football is going to be very important against this Lions team. Um, Knowing your coverages, knowing your assignments, making sure you're wrapping at tackles, not making these, you know, giant things. I would even say not so much, even taking gambles on the ball, you know, um, and allowing big plays to happen. I think all those things are going to be, you know, really important for the Bucks team, Bucks defense, as well as obviously generating pressure, uh, which is going to be a tough thing to do um, against that offensive line.
3: Uh, you mentioned Carlton Davis. Does Carlton Davis
1: go in the slot? That's primarily Amon Ra's role. He'll go a little bit everywhere. Mostly as an outside guy, but he'll, he'll go a little bit everywhere. The slot is going to be covered by Christian Izian. Um, you know, I know they like to move guys around over there as well. So when he's outside, when Amon goes outside for forever, how many plays he's going to have out there, he'll probably get covered by uh, Carlton Davis. While Dean, who runs that 4 three forty, will probably stick with will, uh, Jameson Williams. Um, and then, you know, when he's inside, Christian Izian will take, take that matchup, who's been fantastic. Um, and then you'd have uh, Carlton on Marvin Jones or Josh Reynolds or whoever's out there
3: so one thing ben johnson likes to do is he brings his receivers in motion a lot and they try to especially when they're in teams are in zone they try to get their receivers on linebackers and they did that a lot last week versus carolina um does tampa still do a lot of those fire blitz fire zone blitzing do they still do a lot of that or not as much
1: (laughs) they went from being the most um the team with the most uh, bringing the most pressure in 2021, to mm-hmm. one of the to dialing that back significantly, they'll still bring pressure. He likes to bring a lot of pressure too now, especially with like Antoine Winfield balling out, like from his from his nickels and from his safeties as well. So he'll bring that pressure. It's not so much pressure up the middle as what much as what you're thinking. They feel like they've got a good front four where they can generate pressure with like Vita Vea, uh, Joe Tran Sean, uh, you know, Shaq Barrett. And then sprinkle guys in, you know, will Kalajak can't see you'll have him or Logan Hall or whatever. So it has they still bring pressure, just not as much. It's one of the things that I think they need to do a little bit more with Devin White is is utilize, you know, his downhill force. Um, so they have been, but not at the clip that you're probably thinking that Todd Bull's defense usually does.
3: Okay. Because Ben Johnson wants that to happen. He wants both to blitz. I mean, the Lions and Jared Goff are one of the best against the Blitz. All right, (laughs) right, Josh, before we get you out of here,
2: let's get some predictions for this game. I know you kind of already hinted towards how you think this game's going to go, but I think the betting spread is that last checked Lions are three point favorites heading to Tampa. Three and a half now. Three and a half now. Went up a half. How are you feeling about that, Josh, if you're a betting man on this game?
1: Um, I'm not a betting man, but I am a guy who likes to kind of stick with what I feel. And and prior to this season, I had this as a loss. Uh, I will say I had this as a third straight loss for the Bucs. I didn't think that they would beat the Saints, but that was before the Saints offensive line turned into Cinderella's pumpkin (laughs) at the end of the night and Derek Carr just Derek Carr. So I actually, in my prediction, season prediction, that was a loss. But in my mm-hmm. weekly prediction, that was a win. So I'm four and zero predictions whoa, this season. Looking to go five and zero, and Bucks fans aren't gonna like me. But you know what? I I just don't know. This is a test for them. I don't know if they're ready to pass this test. I think they can. That's not to say like this is a game where, you know, I'm all in on the Lions winning. Like the Lions are gonna kick their ass. Why even play this game? You know, it's going to be a rough day for the Bucks. That's not how I feel at all. I feel this is going to be a close, gritty, hard fought game between two teams that are vying to make it, make it some noise and be that third team talked about in the NFC, right? Right behind San Francisco and the Eagles. Uh, I think the Dallas was on track for it and then just got flat out embarrassed the other night. So, you know, now it's Dallas is Dallas again. So that opening's there for that third team, whether it's the Seahawks, whether it's the Lions, whether it's Dallas finding a way to get back into it or, or the ups, the surprising, you know, Buccaneers or doing more than what people thought and are already out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, um, which many people thought they would be. Uh so that's important for, for this team. That's important for both of these teams to take that next step and kind of solidify their spot and and throw their names in the hat in that conversation. Um but I don't think the Bucks are there yet. I, I think they're trending that way. Uh but I think the Lions take this. I think like I said, it's a close game, gritty game. I think points are still scored. Um and I got the Lions taking this twenty seven, twenty four.
2: Yeah. I'm okay. I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, we're gonna save our predictions for Sundays, but this is honestly one of the games I'm a little more nervous about though it's, uh, it's just like it's a road game. You guys I gotta buy a week, have some extra rest, more pre- preparation for this game. Obviously Lions playing some really good ball right now, one three straight in a row. It, like it's gonna be a good game. And these next four games as I said for the Lions it's gonna be a huge test tough to see like how the season's really gonna go. I you know, you got two straight road games at is in Tampa Bay and then Baltimore. Those are going to be tough games. Then you got the Rage on Monday night at home. Then you got buy, and Then you got to go to SoFi versus the Chargers. So next four games is going to be a really big test to see where this team is. If they can go 4-0, obviously you're talking a whole different expectation. If they go 3-1, very good train. All right. I said I'd be I happy think 3-1, with 3-1, 3-1 is my obviously. expectation. So I'm expecting to drop one of these games that I could see this Sunday potentially being that game, but We'll see. It could be this game, Baltimore. I don't think it's going to be Raiders, but we'll we'll see down the line. So, um, week by week. week We'll see. This is going to be an interesting game, though, for sure. I got flexed to 425. It's not America's Game of the Week, but we'll have more of America watching this game because there will be less games on the TV. So, you know, we'll still see. I'm not a
1: huge fan of the 425 games, but, you know, it is what it is. I hate Um, them. I honestly hate them. They're better than primetime games, but they're... Yeah. They're not better than one o'clock games. You know, I, I used to love primetime games. I used to love the four o'clock games, but now it's like someone was at the stadium. It's got to do, you know, go to the stadium early, and get there and, write oh, and yeah. then go to the, go to the locker room and then do the pressers afterwards and all that stuff. It's like, and again, I'm not complaining. It's amazing. I can't believe that I'm still being able to do that, but like anything, you know, there's better things and bad things about your job and what you do. Um, For sure, yeah. The prime time games. Oh my God, you're lucky if you get home by like two o'clock in the morning. It's just like it's you're there at five, you know, or or six if it's a seven or or eight o'clock start and like you're just there till two o'clock in the morning it's like an eight to ten hour shift you're like jesus this game was over three hours ago what am i still doing yeah <laughs> i'm here yeah I, I think
2: the for me i mean obviously just a fan um i, I prefer one o'clock or a prime time game. the four o'clock game just kind of does my vibe off it's like god give me give me one or the other like i don't want to yeah. wait this long
1: till four to wait for a game My favorite my favorite game is the 9 30 games bro games. i don't know about you but i love waking up no like early yeah, yeah, london, london game you know, yeah enough. like the london games a lot of the munich games like give me like i'm waking up and i'm waking up to football like i could do that all the time that's what the west coast people feel right yeah. you know their games mm-hmm. are, are at like 10 o'clock in the morning you know but like i could yeah. do that all day yeah long, it's so. I like it as a viewing
2: perspective. Like maybe not necessarily my team, but like I like watching like waking up and 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 getting some football to start the day. We we haven't had a London game in a while, yeah. honestly. The last time we've had or like a, like just an international game in a while, the last game we've had was in twenty fifteen. So it has been a minute for us. I know you guys had the you guys had the game in Germany last year versus Seattle, I believe. Yeah. 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 that, so. was, fun. that was interesting. It was a good, good crack. Like so. Yeah, hopefully the Lions can get an international game soon. we, we we're due for one. I heard next year. Yeah, potentially,
3: we're definitely they due for an international We haven't had one in a while. So I want it to be an away game, not a home game. I hate when they make our home game. International.
1: Looking to go over to Asia at some point too, China or um, or Japan or something like that, too. And start. it almost happened with the Seahawks and, and the Patriots back back in like 2014 or something like that. They were going to go over there and open up the season. Uh, but never happened. But I know they're looking to continue to expand. I think some of the players put like in a petition to have like flag football in the Olympics. Like, yeah. When they well, come back. Tomorrow, cool. come I, I think Germany would be very
2: cool for the Lions because Amin St. Brown has some family. I think his mom is German, and he he goes to Germany every summer. So that'd be very cool for the Lions if we can get a game in Germany for for him. Yeah, maybe Lions. that'd be dope. I just want yeah, NFL cool. Europe, yeah. man.
1: Yeah they have the German league out there, which still got like Rhine fire and everything like that. They just won the championship this year. And there was a Frankfurt galaxy. And I forget some of the other ones, but like <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I think NFL Europe was this, like, I mean, think about the names that came out of there, right? Admin and Terry, Kurt Warner was there. Jake DeLome was there. Like there were some players that were found in NFL Europe. And it was like the true, like each team could send like development, like, come on, bring it back. That's what the NFL is missing. It's like some sort of in-season, in-developmental, you know, team or something like that, where you can, you know, call guys up and bring guys. But that's nothing to do with this week's <laughs> matchup between the Bucks so. and <laughs> the yeah. All right, Josh, really, really. that's
2: all I got for you. That's all we got for you on this pod. Hope you enjoyed, um, guys. If Josh, where could they find you on social media or where you write and everything? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you guys can follow me at J.C. Allen on NFL, NFL, J.C. Allen NFL on X, Twitter, whatever you're calling it. Follow me there. Instagram as well. I don't post as much on Instagram, but on on Twitter, X machine at J.C. on NFL. All my work is over at Sports Illustrated Bucks Game Day. You can find all that there. I have a new podcast out called the Pirate Parlay. Part of the Sick Podcast Network. You can check that out over on YouTube. I just had uh, some amazing guests on there: Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator; Yaya Diaby, rookie edge rusher, and veteran edge rusher Joe Tryanshanko is on. I'll have some more up. Uh, special guest Lions fans might want to tune in too. on Friday. I'll be dropping my next podcast with Glover Quinn, uh, former right. Detroit Lion, All Pro Pro, pro Safety. Um, so he'll be on there talking uh, Lions with me uh, ahead of this matchup this weekend, and then next week I'll have another Bucks player on, and you know we'll just kind of. Do what we do rock and roll as we go so you can find all of my information awesome. all my stuff is so right yeah there. if you
2: guys want to check out josh go do that very i recommend a great follow on twitter so I recommend you guys join that so for sure <laughs> hope you yeah. guys all enjoyed again and we will be live on sunday before the game me and pierre and we'll be live on spaces after the game
3: hopefully type the lions win but we'll see so i'm out guys peace all right guys like like tyler said man we had a blast with josh Josh, appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. I'll see you guys later in the week. I'm out. Peace. Out.